Welcome to Aw Crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero. Hosted by me, Kate Thompson. And me, Mark David Christensen. Yeah! <laughs> uh, you were, were giggling at the end of that. It was just fun. It, it was is fun to do. Fun. I always feel like a little funny. Doing the intro? I haven't done it in a long time, it's true. I true. I do it too much. No, not too much. <laughs> just like, it's not, you know... I feel like we split things. We do, um, but I agree. It's it's a fun one. It's it a fun, fun intro. Then you if you put when you start putting a lot of energy behind it, you do. I should have yelled it louder. I'm honestly being quiet because I know Beth's gonna giggle at me. Oh, uh, who cares? Let her giggle. <laughs> Let her giggle at us. She can't ruin our final episode of the season with yeah, her giggles. Final <laughs> of the season, and we're covering the story, the Hydra and the Lion, That's which right. is a short story. That was in the Dark Horse Book of Monsters, inspired by a story told to Mike Mignola by his daughter, Katie Mignola, which is very cute. Very cute. I mean, this is the little intro. I mean, we're going to just jump right into the story. Heck yeah. You know, because originally this episode was supposed to be a live episode that had to be canceled. <laughs> we thought there was going to be a guest. That unfortunately had to get canceled. That's okay. So it's Stuff just happens, us. man. Stuff happens, you but you know what? You cross out plan A and plan B, and then you're on a plan cool. Yeah, we're plan cool. Plan Just cool. us. It started with us, it's going to end with us. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I do too. Uh, this is the little um, foreword that he put in the collected um, editions. Yeah. And this is what Mignola has to say about the Hydra and the Lion. He says, my daughter Katie and I cobbled this one together one night at an Italian restaurant somewhere in New York City. Back then, she was still telling people, anyone who would listen, that she was half lion, and she had perfected a sort of lion roar to prove it. Her favorite creature back then was the Hydra, thanks to Disney's Hercules, and she explained to me that the lion girl would probably be pulling the Hydra's teeth out with pliers. Okay, the whole thing never made much sense, but I told the story to my long-suffering editor, the very patient Scott Alley, and then forgot all about it. A few years later, Scott put together that Dark Horse Book of Monsters and asked for the Hydra story. Damn, at the last minute, I added I added that bit about the thespian and Nemean, uh, is that he's uh, Nemean? Nemean? Nemean lions. I so don't, I'm not 100% sure. I'm not either. That, those Greek words to I'm, me. Hmm. I'll try my best. Yeah. So now at least we could have a couple guys trying to make sense of the story. <laughs> I've always said that in supernatural stories, you need bits that are beyond human com comprehension. This one is pretty much made of those bits. It's great. Yeah, that says a lot it, for this one. It informs story. it so much. Like, it's really adorable. It, it very much. I wonder how old he doesn't give it age his daughter. I mean, she's she had to be, I'm guessing, younger than... 12 or younger. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. If she's saying she's half lion, like I was picturing like around like five, something like that. Yeah. You know. It's funny that he, he says he cobbled it together. Like he got this five-year-old to like focus up and they wrote this yeah, story. Yeah. He was like, okay, wait, wait, slow down. I, okay. I need to, he may, I need he, to research Hercules for a little bit. Look, here. you need to sit down and put your crens to these index <laughs> cards and tell me this plot of the story. <laughs> Um, oh, before I forget, written yes. by, written and illustrated by Mike Mignola, of course, Ill colored by Dave Stewart, lettered by Clem Robbins, edited by Scott Alley. Um, yeah, and we'll just jump right into it. It starts off with Alaska, 1961. I love this opening shot. It's cool. Because it's, again, I think we you've mentioned this too, like you, we've, we've sort of pined for Mignola because we were used to his old London and certain locations. Yeah. We luckily have gotten like a little bit of South America from him. 
uh, luckily Africa and some other places. Uh, also like Japan, we've had a brief look at. Yeah. It's really cool to see now him in a North American like winterscape or icecape yeah. of like Alaska. It totally. Like even to see him do like electrical wires and like the posts and stuff like that, like you don't see him doing that too often. So it's cool to see that his style still looks great when he's doing these like when he's like mixing it up a little bit yeah it makes these lodges look creepy yeah <laughs> it's like but also like it makes it look very cold like mm-hmm. i mean that's the colors too i'm sure this like super warm light inside the windows and then just like all black and white and gray outside yeah the blues in the sky that Stuart has added really adds that coolness that you're talking about totally Love it's that. awesome and uh, it starts off, he's just, uh, he's mid-conversation with... Casual conversation yeah, in a graveyard. Yeah, just a casual conversation walking around a graveyard, as Hellboy is <laughs> wont to do. Um, yeah, these, uh, he's, they're just talking about a friend of this guy who died. And it he show, Mignola gives you a little insert of a old, like, sepia-tone photograph of this circus that this guy used to be in. Kansas City, 1929, and it it's pretty obvious who we're talking about, the enormous guy towering above the rest of the people in the circus right here. Yeah, who used to go by Stromo. Yeah, Stromo. <laughs> um, I got tired of that life, came up here in 36, and he followed me. So, like, he this guy was in some way involved in the circus, too. Came up to Alaska, and Stromo slash Hercules followed him up. He was a nice guy. He worked at the at the school and was the janitor, and he was a real nice guy. Hercules, yeah, yeah, made me promise to put his proper name on his tombstone. So it's like, Hellboy's kind of like, is this real? Like, was he just a big guy? Yeah, is it the real Hercules. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? I like that uncertainty. Yeah, it's just like this guy seems so quaint and like. There's no reason for him to lie. He's just like, this is what I was told. Right. He's just like conveying what the guy told him to do. And he's like, just saying how nice he is. So to me, the impression is kind of like, well, why would he lie? Yeah. Like this guy seems like a very, I don't know, like honest working man kind of a character that we have here. I agree. And the two things I love that he describes about Hercules right here. Um, when he first says, he says, dumb as a block of wood, but strong as a bunch of elephants. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. The, the bunch of elephants is so specific. It's like almost like in the circus, did he see Hercules move the same thing that he saw a bunch of like a couple of elephants move? Right. <laughs> he like picked, they had like a tug of war and he like pulled all the elephants down. Yeah. That's very funny to imagine. Just huge. And then I love how he says on the, why he gave the proper name on the tombstones is he says, he made a lot of en- em- eh. he made a lot of enemies over the years. Had to hide out. Use the made up names. Yeah, it just gives like this couple of lines, and it really paints some cool pictures for us about this character that's yeah. not in the book. Right? <laughs> yeah, and it's just yeah, it's like a pretty haunting way to talk about a huge mythological character that is like <laughs> famous. Everybody knows this character, but it's like they're. I guess because of that, it's like, well, what were they like after that? And if, when, if they continued to live, what would happen to this person? And Very cool. yeah, so it's, it's like so much story just crammed into like, not even two page, not even two full pages yet. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> it just sets so much tone and feeling in the beginning. It's really neat. And he continues to say like, we had a nice funeral for him. Then the fog rolled in. And the monster, like, still very matter of fact, like, 
letting him know, yeah, there's a monster here, which we probably you assume from the title and from the fact that like Hellboy's in a little town. He's mm-hmm. gotta go take care of a monster. <laughs> um he was saying like it was making noises, everybody's, you know, are you sure it's alive? He kind of like walks down there and it's making a new noise, and this guy is like creeped out. What's that? I guess that's not the noise you were talking about. So he's like, you know what? I'm gonna hang here. This is one of Just my favorite moments. Let me know moments. if you need me. Yeah. <laughs> if you need any help, pal. Uh, if you need any help, you can call me. She's sure. like, I'm not gonna get in. The- I'll sure. just get in the way. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You go on ahead, but I'm, I'm your backup. <laughs> and as he's like walk, as Hellboy walks into the fog to find the Hydra, he sees a little girl hovering over the Hydra, pulling out his teeth with pliers, as described in. Um, Katie Mignola's story. Which is so adorable because yeah. it is such a funny kid choice. Yeah. Of like, yeah, he's just, just pulling his tooth because I, I have my teeth, teeth. teeth pulled. Because <laughs> that's where like that's where the danger comes from, the teeth. Yeah. And then it's very cute like a little kid, Shh, he's sleeping. Kid, get down from there. <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah. you're in huge danger. Get the hell out of here. Um, you're trying to get yourself killed. You live around here. Where are your parents? I'm from... Catherion? Yeah, which is a Greek Catherion? place. I did go I did a, I did a Kate and I Googled. Yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> I'm Catherion. You know where that is? Um, you want to see my collection? And then she talks about all of these things uh, that she has collected over the years. An iron feather, bronze hoof, hair from a three-headed dog, a piece of silver eggshell, golden apple, a stone that fell from the sky, and a drop of centaur's blood. Like she's given him a lot. Yeah. As like little kids do too. Like they'll be like, I have this, I have this, I have this other thing, I have another one, and like I have go a cool on. collection. Right. It's so <laughs> yeah. cool. And I have the tears of Princess Magra. She shed for her murdered sons. Like I get like that impression where she's like kind of I mean, maybe she's like not as like a typical little kid. Maybe it's a little spookier. Yeah, but it has she's that run clearly on, like lived a long time. Yeah, but it has that run on like sentence feeling. Yeah, of like of her like listing. Yeah, and I think that's what is implied also with Hellboy's reaction to it is just a question mark. Like, yeah. What? Well, also I think he's probably he's probably like, wait a minute, you have what? Because like, yeah, her language is clearly like good, not typical. Yeah, it's like not typical of what he would have expected out of a little girl. Like, yeah, he for sure. Guess that a little girl would tell you she has centaur's blood. He's like, go home. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's the first time we've seen him be parental. Like even his point that Mignola has given is like, go home. home." Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like he doesn't even, he's not like trying to get her to explain. He's just like, you got to get out of danger. Go home. Uh, Don't worry about me. I'm half lion. That's great. Now get out of here. I can prove it. And she does the growl that like, actually makes Hellboy step back. Uh, what are you trying to... And then all of a sudden the Hydra's awake. Um, so that growl was... Is that growl... I think the joke is she makes a growl. Yeah. And then the big growl is the Hydra waking up, right? Oh, I assume. Or did you play it as like if he is... I think you are right. I think you are right. When I first read it, I thought that she started out growling like... Sounding like a kid and that grew into her sounding oh. more lion-like. But I think you're right in that that's like she's growling and then the roar comes from like behind Hellboy. And then because the shot immediately afterwards is the Hydra 
hovering over yeah Hellboy. i hear him like what are you trying to oh wait that's uh, not you yeah. that is oh crap oh no oh crap you said a bad word <laughs> i like crap so being cute. treated as a very bad word it's yeah right for like little kids it totally is <laughs> um so yeah he starts pummeling the hydra Ooh, the hydra <laughs> <laughs> That's something. You guys look fake. He's like punching them out, ripping their heads apart. That line sort of confused me. Can we talk about that? Yeah. Because we have like some quiet, I mean, some quiet, some classic Hellboy with him saying like for that first big boom that he gets off on the Hydra. Yeah. He says, quiet you. So it's like that to me is classic. Like it's totally. growling. It's yelling. It's like, yeah. quiet you. Yeah. Splits its head in two, by the way, with his hit, which is yeah. wild. It's gnarly. But I'm like, he says he looks fake. I, I. I, I don't, I, I don't want to say that it's a badly written thing because it's not. But I'm like confused by that statement a little bit. Yeah, is he is is his way of sort of like making making light of its ability to how it easily split into two and then or split and then became two. Yeah, I don't know what that line really like. If you need that line, because it's like because that that's something is it feels immediately in the response to it becoming two more heads. Yeah, it's classic like, oh, Hydra. Yeah. Like, oh, well, that's something. That's something. You but don't him see saying sort of you thing. guys look fake. I'm like, is he really mean? Is he making fun of it, or is he like really commenting like this looks know. fake? It's yeah, I don't know. It's a me. weird thing to say. I agree. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Maybe I don't know why I'm bringing it up only attention because the couple of times I've read it prior to us recording, I was like, what the hell does that mean? Scott Alley could have told him to take that one out, I think. Hey, Scott. Hey, Scott. Give us a call and tell us about that <laughs> one line. <laughs> tell us what your thought process was here. But that's all. I was just very like, what? Blaming the editor. <laughs> yeah, blame the editor. <laughs> but it is cool. I love this little simple line that in that same Yeah, to like winding up. Yep. Yeah. And I don't really know if great. we've really seen Mignola use a line like that, but Not that's very lot. cool. Yeah, he doesn't really do like crazy action lines like that. <laughs> like he'll do like little subtle, like in the boom above it where he's first hitting the Hydra for the first time. There's like little like almost like hash marks yeah that are like just dispersed around the panel is some i wouldn't even necessarily call it an action line because it's not like following one like i feel like typically with an action line it's like that it's like a full unbroken line Mm -hmm. following the whole range of motion and this is like these little truncated sort of lines up above that almost seem to me more like debris or something coming out like or the background going by yeah it's giving that just that motion it's almost creating yeah. motion blur that we would normally have but yeah within the art i agree with you yeah but we don't we definitely don't have a lot of that yeah not, unbroken nothing to like indicate that kind of movement it's uh, it's interesting to see i guess it fits really into the sort of feel of this whole thing Especially knowing where its origins come from. Yeah. And so it's like, it is this sort of a feel, goofy feel. It reminds feel. me of pancakes in that way where it's yes. like cute. It's just cute as hell. And then it's also <laughs> like, it's like a little more fun. There's like not, even though there's like still sad undertones in the beginning, it's like only as much, it's like compared to other Hellboy stories, it's not as like sad as, as they could be. Yeah, Totally. It's a fun little monster Especially tell. coming from... So this was published right after Roger's death in the BPRD. Yeah. So yeah, it's like a little levity, I think, after that like very serious story, maybe. 
Yeah, true. It's falling. It's like, yeah, we don't need to have an empty habit. And he just came off the island, which is super heavy. Yeah, so, so this is heavy. sort of like a change of just like, we're going to have a little lighter tell right now for Hellboy to... Yeah, it, back in the 60s, things weren't so heavy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Things you were just fun and hunky-dory for fun. old Hellboy. He was fighting... Hydras. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was a fucking walk in the park compared to all this shit. Yeah, I mean, he thinks it's a walk in the park, but then he gets one big boom on it. But then it's, it's funny because he, he gets a, it's like the boom. He thinks he has the upper hand and then he has that quick damn. And then now yeah. he's grabbed by three heads. And yeah. Now he's whipped up, which is like, you know, a Hydra just is like, the tentacliest dragon. Like it's as close to tentacles as yeah. Mignola could want. He loves drawing tentacles. Mm-hmm. And if this thing doesn't have tentacles, he'll just draw the next like really writhy and serpentine and crazy. That's a classic look of a Hydra too. Totally. So yeah, you're right. He loves that. I think these Hydras on that panel where he's getting bit by them, he's getting fucked up. He is. He's <laughs> like, they're ripping into his flesh here. There's like blood splattering. Yeah. I was like, Wow. And our old man is like, Hellboy? (laughs) Uh, I heard you were... Do you need help? (laughs) Like hearing, ah, ah, hey, ah, like ripping and scratching. And for all we know, he's just just hearing that through the fog. Yeah. He's hearing this like cacophony of sound. He's like, you all right? Mm, I don't want to come help because I'm scared. I know I said I'd help, but let me know if you need it. And then we see a little teeny panel insert of a close-up of a lion's eye. And then before we know it, we see the growling again, and the lion is biting the hydra's butt. So this is where I think you're right then. Oh, I guess so then. So backing up, I think I'm wrong then. I thought you were right in the beginning. I think I'm wrong because this growl... Matches the one we saw. That makes sense because he said so much about in the intro that he's like the growl, like his daughter had a pretty convincing growl. So maybe that was it. He was like, I'm going to make it look like really big and cool for my daughter. Like, I think you're right then. So maybe he does go, he's, he's, he's like surprised by her, but that also her growl wakes the Hydra up. Yeah. So I think you're being right all along, Kate. I was wrong because this growl does return very. Yeah. Right. When the the line, when she comes in. Yep. So. And yeah, Hellboy is freed from the grasp of the Hydra. The lion sort of, he says, kid. And then the lion sort of backs up and disappears into the fog. Yeah, it gets like one good bite on it, Hydra, and then it just disappears out of there. And then the Hydra is left drooling. Uh, So where do you think that, so where do you think that lion came from? (laughs) Uh, As we like kind of back, we like pan out and we see the Hydra's all like, tied itself in knots in its like attempt to escape the lion biting its butt. There's a lot of unspoken humor with the old man in this one or the guy yeah. he's talking to, because I love that he talks to the Hydra, but then the next panel is before we, as we're pulling out, it's on the guy going, uh, so he's clearly yeah. came to help, but has taken his time. Right. He was, <laughs> you know, he's got a cane. He's like hobbling over. And I love it. He's just twisted them all up. Luckily, it's all taken care of by then. That wasn't too bad. Let me make a phone call to the bureau and send some guys to pick that up. (laughs) Okay. I love that. It's like, oh, we probably have like a big van that we'll put this thing in. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And he asks asks the guy, have you seen this little girl or a lion? Uh, No. What? (laughs) So like, why would I do see either of those? Yeah. (laughs) And then a very like, sort of a new... Color palette, but still like muted colors with the like 
muted yellow and pink of the sun either i guess setting is it setting i guess so because it's light enough in the fog during the rest of the story oh i would have guessed not rising but i don't know maybe it maybe i don't know because just if i'm going off the first panel the first panel does make it seem like like night night, but but i guess that's alaska for you too it's alaska maybe yeah alaska different yeah but it's a very very pretty like yeah panel and those colors that Stuart has chosen is really cool it is really cool and then he gives you like a nice little wrap-up page here to be like what did we just (laughs) read (laughs) and it's almost making fun of himself like he says it forward yeah i think he's like what the hell is this that we just wrote two old (laughs) men trying to make sense of the story basically it's exactly (laughs) what it is it's him and scott alley but it's broom and uh another doctor yeah i don't i've no We've I don't not recognize met this, this other character, yeah. Somebody else, because it's not Manning, somebody else high up that's like a yeah. friend of Broom's, I An guess. An early, like, uh, somebody who helped start the BPRD, I guess. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Fascinating. The girl said she was from Cathirion. According to legend, Hercules, at 18, went alone to the woods of Cathirion and killed the thespian lion, and for the rest of his life wore its skin. You think the little girl was the ghost of his pants? <laughs> so funny. Cloak. Such like a fun, like, t- not teenage Hellboy, but like pretty close. To- He'd be like 20, 20. 20 yeah, oh, maybe he is teenager. A teenager. Teenager in his age. Because he was, he came into the earthly world around in 40. In like 45 or something. Yeah, I'm trying to think of that. I forget I hate, when I, I hate dates. But People I'm just going to round us. up 40s, you know, the mid 40s. Yeah. And now it was what? It's 61. So he's so yeah, he's like early twenties. So it's first, early it's, 20s. it's good for him to. It, it makes perfect sense to be like, you think the little girl was the ghost of his pants? That's like the perfect like yeah young person. Like okay, <laughs> really. And then Broom's like cloak, Hellboy. He wore the skin as a cloak. Still, Still. <laughs> yeah. Um. So and then Broom gives us a nice big chunk of dialogue. Uh, she referred, oh, uh, this is like one of the biggest chunks of dialogue. It's funny how much it fills the frame. <laughs> yeah. It's so, and it's great in, so... in, in conjunction with the following panel. Like it's very good. She referred to Magara, who was Hercules wife. Hercules killed his wife and sons while driven mad by Hera. The feathers, apples, and hooves refer to the labors of Hercules, but his first labor undertaken to atone for those murders was to slay the Nemean lion. I think it must be that the child was actually a physical manis- manifestation of Hercules' unresolved guilt. Oi! <laughs> Oi! Yeah, the smallest so little frame just that hitting his head. Oh, dad. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> oh, shut up. It's like, this is, these panels are sort of like what I think the 2019 wanted to create. Yeah. They wanted this relationship to be like that, but then they just took it to they like, just, dad's just an asshole. Right. <laughs> dad's an asshole so, and so am I. <laughs> and also, yeah, and Hellboy, not only is he a teenage boy, but he sort of is, might be secretly going towards becoming a misogynist. Yeah, that's dumb. <laughs> this is like, it's like a, it's like charming still. It's very charming. It's like, dad, <laughs> shut up. Kind of a feeling. Uh, like the fact that he's just like, he's like, you could just spout that all off. <laughs> right. <laughs> Like, <laughs> like you get the sense that Broom talks about talks like this about a lot of stuff. Oh, for sure. You know, he's like constantly like reading or like they go on these missions and he's probably like, you know, he just talks this way a lot. Yeah, um, and I think that's the strength of this one sh- short story. Yeah. Because at the beginning we got a lot of history on Hercules. Like he created a cool mythology for Hercules within a couple of lines. Yeah. 
that we don't get to see, but we fill it up. We get a sense of that Hydra, like we get the classic action Hellboy, and then we get a, even a we get to build at the end right here, like you just said, with more in the relationship of Broom and Hellboy, which we haven't seen much of other than in their little small interactions along the way, and mostly Seed of Destruction. Yeah, so it's cool to it's see. It's cool to see them interacting as like adults or near adults, anyway. Yeah, as Hellboy's an adult. This version of Hercules too makes me think of. American gods a little bit like have you I've, read I've not it's like, I would love to read it because people talk highly of it I think I I might have get I might have sold it or gave it away I forget I try to get rid of my books when it's I all good them. I want to use the library more these days oh yeah yeah but it's the book I thought was really great the show was like okay I didn't really mm-hmm. get super into it I, I watched a few episodes and it wasn't bad but it just I think didn't like capture me which is weird because it has Jillian Anderson and she's awesome but anyway uh, the book is like really cool. That's awesome. Like I really, if you, I mean, what was what made you think of like their her his Hercules in the comparison whole, to that? This whole thing of the of characters like mythological characters existing for real in the real world, but sort of being incognito, like living their lives that in a way that's not obvious to mortal people, and yeah. uh, but like existing in like like. There's like Kali, the god, like this goddess of destruction who like is like still sort of like killing people in a way. And like they're just like sort of living like human lives almost, but sort of doing God stuff when they feel like it. That's awesome. Yeah. So it made that's what it made me think of. It's like they're just trying to kind of get by and blend in. I love that. That's the impression I got from this like Hercules story. Especially if you're like partially a god and you're going to live for a quite longer than normal. Yeah. yeah you, you don't want to be bothered. It, yeah. You don't want to be bothered. And also you, <laughs> you just, be able to go you still got to live a life. Yeah. All the hermits in the world are, are old gods. Yeah. <laughs> and then that, it's really sad too, to think like then Hercules still had that unresolved guilt. Cause they do show you the lion as like a spirit on his grave. Yeah. On his grave. So yeah. Broom might be onto something. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's a yeah. manifestation of his guilt. But then I'm like, why did the... It, it's it's a funny... I love how he is very self-aware of like this story not making a lot of sense. Yeah, it doesn't... Yeah. And I think that's fun about it. Is like, you and get the to, Hydra like, followed him? Yeah, where did, why did Maybe where the, the Hydra, Hydra came from? Maybe the Hydra wanted to go find... Her, like he, you know, sensed Hercules there and wanted to find him. Or is that another manifestation of Hercules? Another aspect of he him? He seemed real though. If the BPRD had to come pick him up. Because I was like, didn't he kill the Hydra back in the day? I thought he did. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, why did the Hydra show up? Maybe it's the Hydra's brother. Could be, yeah. So we got a Jaws situation. Yeah. The the sharks just keep coming after him. Yeah. You killed my brother. (laughs) This one's so cute and fun. It is. I really liked it. Do you have any favorite panels Um, or dialogue or anything you want to like point out? Yeah. I feel like I, I really liked. This old man's dialogue I thought was great. You need any help? You call me. Like, I think it's really fun. <laughs> I got to agree with you on that. That's really cute. I think the humor and the timing of him is very good all throughout. <laughs> and it's cool. Like, the his little girl's really cute. I wonder if I don't want to look up, try to look and find pictures of Mike. Right, you know, of his, his daughter, actual I'd feel kid. terrible. I'm sure she looks like something I'm, like this. Yeah, that's I'm what sure I'm she's guessing. she's modeled after his daughter. Which is really cute. Very cute. Yeah, and I like the lion biting the Hydra's butt. <laughs> it's like back, you know. 
Yeah, it is. It's trying to get that meaty, it's adorable. meaty area. That little fatty meaty area. And I think you think the little girl was the ghost of his pants is a fun line. Very good. Very fun. What about you? Uh, I think I, again, I'm going to say that opening shot. I absolutely love establishing Alaska in 1961. So cool. I, it's one of my favorite of his establishing shots throughout everything we've read. I don't know. It's something, the pines and the shadows that lodges, everything about it just gives me such atmosphere that I already love about Mignola, but yeah. him to establish another area that he pulls that off, as we've said, is brilliant. It's very fun. I love that. I really love, and then I think, I mean, I can only agree with all your stuff, and it's a short story. I'm going to go with that last, the panel where he is just the, the tangled up Hydra. I just think it's funny. It is fun. Because he really didn't kill it. I love that he didn't kill it. So that's, yeah. that he just had to tangle it up, and then he's making sure the Bureau gets Maybe, it, and they just stash it away. Did to the Hydra, too? That's what I'm wondering, too. Is, it, is, that a, is that part of the history that he didn't kill it? He had to just, like, out-trick it? Or is it in Mignola's? He's implying that Hercules never killed it. He just tangled it up. And okay. that's and it finally untangled itself. Let me see. <laughs> to defeat the Hydra, Hercules called on his nephew Aeolus for help. As soon as Hercules cut off one head, Aeolus would uh, cauterize the wound with a flaming torch so that nothing could grow to replace it. After removing the Hydra's immortal head, Hercules buried it under a large rock. So essentially, you're so saying he, he did kill the he did kill the Hydra. Well, I guess its head is immortal. Yeah, maybe the head so got maybe, out. Yeah, so if the head if, if somebody opened up that cave, yeah, and then somehow it could be like, cut Yay, off I'm the, killing Hercules now. and you somehow like cut off the carterized part, it sure. could grow back. Technically. Sure, I don't know, but there could be other. Sometimes there's other different takes, but but you said he said at least he didn't officially kill it. It's just out there. But then in Mignola's universe, they just have it stashed away somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny. I love it. I wonder if there's ever a story with the Bureau uh, showing where they keep all their, like, monsters. Like, that would or be things. cool. That would yeah, be cool. like their storage container. Yeah, oh. that'd be a fun story. Because I'm like, what do they do with it? Where do they take it? Is it somewhere? Is it in a small cage or do they take care of it? Is it like a containment? What, you know what I mean? Like Ghostbusters? Yeah. Do they, they probably they feed put some spirits somewhere? Like where they put the Wendigo. Yeah, they put him in a jail cell. Yeah. From what we saw. But like they have to have something bigger for the Hydra. I hope so. And they're like, yeah, is that Wendigo like next door to another monster? Or is he just in his own little area? I wonder down the line if we'll see more of that. But it's something yeah. to think of that's really fun to think of the Bureau having that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we will. We'd love to hear if other people can tell us if that's yeah. coming down the line. Tell but us. But if not, like, that's a series that maybe they want to consider keeping the Bureau alive is talking about those monsters. Yeah. You know? Yeah, well, the other people at the Bureau, too. Yeah, there's the so many The human beings more. of the Bureau. The human beings of the Bureau. Which they kind of dip into a little bit here and there, but. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But that's a, it's a great little story, I it's thought. very fun. Very, very fun. Does this uh, make you think, you said American Gods, but is there anything else that this story has you wanting to suggest for our listeners to watch, read, or enjoy? American Gods and... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one he referenced in the opening, I'm going to say go back and watch. I think Disney's Hercules is very fun. Disney's and Hercules it, it holds is up fun. pretty well. And I love the Hydra design in that thing. It's rad. It's and one that- of the first, I think... Uh, Disney, one of Disney's first um, 
digital creations, computer generated creatures was that Hydra actually. Cause I remember watching entertainment tonight talking about that growing up. <laughs> Cause I used to watch that after school all the time. Aww. Entertainment tonight. Entertainment like, tonight. <laughs> John Tesh. It makes me think of, uh, Hercules, the legendary journeys, I guess the TV Sir Kevin show. Turbo? Yeah. Saying <laughs> I, thought about Eolus, that. <laughs> I was like, mm, Oh yeah. Like I didn't realize he was his cousin or something. Is I was a the, bigger Xena fan, doy, but right, for I did sure. watch a shit ton of Hercules, too. I did, too. I, I think... Remember, um, is, although, is the cousin the girl, the curly-haired character that always hung around him? N- uh, no, Michael Hurst, the Eolus, uh, the, like, blonde guy that, like, was his, like... Sidekick. Yeah, his Yeah, and sidekick. he had curly blonde hair, right? I guess it was curly. I thought it was curly. I could be wrong. I just, just remember being super blonde and, like, yeah, maybe it's, like... It had like 90s volume, you know? A lot of 90s volume. I guess it was kind of curly. And it looked wet all the time. It, uh, both of their hair looked <laughs> yeah. wet all constantly. So much gel in everybody's hair. Everybody's gelling it. Uh, the other thing I would, I would suggest reading to people, and you're welcome to borrow this, Kate, if you have any interest. I unfortunately didn't read the... F- the uh, I need to finish the whole storyline. When they did the new 52s for DC... Oh yeah, I'll Wonder Woman's that. revamp is really cool. Oh nice, because she's like presented as like half god, and it and then they, she's dealing with all like her all these other gods. So they cool they, they deal with all the the classic Greek gods, and their designs are really cool. Yeah, I think I would love War to read that. is this old guy that has like a goatee and a bald head. He wears a white suit, but at the bottom of his cuffs on his white suit are ball blood. Ew. There's a lot of cool designs like that in that there. That sounds cool. So, and I think Hades is like a candle guy that's weird as hell. There's a lot of <laughs> a cool- A candle man. So that's something I think you should check out is that new 52 run of DC's uh, Wonder Woman. That, would, that made me think of this a lot. Sweet. So that's all I have. There's not really a lot. Um, reread this. It's great. Real fun monster story to end on. <laughs> Super good. Great. Um, well, let's take a quick break because this is going to be a shorter episode um, to f- finish out our season with. But we'll be back um, after our uh, brief break um, for some segments. Yeah. Segments. Hello, listeners. This is your Hellcasters, AK Crappers, um, coming into your ears during the break, real briefly, to let you know that we really appreciate you guys listening to the show and just want to say thank you so much. And if you have time and want to rate, review, and subscribe, where in uh, Apple Music or wherever you guys get your podcasts, go ahead and do that. We really appreciate it. Uh, maybe show this to a friend who you want to convince to be as nerdy about Hellboy as all of us, um, that would be really great. Yeah, we appreciate that. And a reminder, if you are using Apple Podcasts to listen to the show and you give us a five-star review, starting with the word boom, we will go ahead and we will read your boom review right here on the show and give you a shout-out and praise you because we really appreciate those boom reviews thank you again and let's get back to the show what do you say kate yeah welcome back to oh crap a hellboy podcast the show dedicated to the half demon hero hosted by me kate thompson and me mark david christensen (laughs) and that's right we're here back for segments segments the final segments of season three three yes Three. three. Oh my god yeah, dude, um, season three. We're old crones. <laughs> old crones on this podcast <laughs> realm. 
the first segment that we're gonna um, cover for this episode is Hell to Pay. My symbols. I love it. I love your symbol work. Thanks. The first been one practicing. you have been, uh, it shows. <laughs> What's the first one? <laughs> the first one we're looking at is going to be something you can actually buy. Um, this is a limited edition Hellboy the Board Game miniature available to order until Christmas. So uh, Mantis Games, which created the Hellboy board game, which we've covered, and it's great. They continue to make expansions and make new miniatures for the game. So they have one coming out, which is Krampus, because uh, about a year or two ago now, or probably only a year old, they did that um, short story with where Hellboy dealt with the Krampus. Yeah. Um, I unfortunately have not read it yet, but we'll do one day. Um, but this is what they have to say. This is a really cool miniature. It shows the Krampus on top of like a shelf of skulls and such. Very cool design. There's a painted version on what we're looking at. We're looking at on a, a website called butwhythepodcast.com. I will, when this episode drops, I'll post pictures of this um, as well on our feed. But it says, Mantic Games is pleased to announce that we're releasing a special limited edition Hellboy, the board game miniature inspired by the fiendish Krampus. Following the success of the fantastic Christmas-themed Ho-Ho-Ho Hellboy last year, Mantic is working with Dark Horse Comics and visionary creator Mike Mignold again to give your holiday season the creeps. So this limited edition celebratory piece, Jesus (laughs) Christ, David, (laughs) celebratory piece will be available pre-order from November 1st from participating Mantic stockists stockist and direct from Mantic Games at www.manticgames.com. So right now we are recording this on, is it the 1st of November today or is it the 2nd? 2nd. 2nd. So it's already gone. You, uh, hopefully it hasn't sold out by the time you listeners are listening to this. You probably already know about it, but it looks really cool. It says, it after cool. be- being designed by a digital sculptor, each Krampus gaming piece will be painstakingly handcrafted by our resident team here at Mantic HQ in Nottingham, UK, before being shipped around the world this December. So it has him with little chains on his arms, everything. Unfortunately, I don't know the details, but again, this was inspired by the 2018 Eisner Award winning one shot Krampus Knock. Is that how you say that? Krampus Knock. Yeah. Written by Mike Mignola and illustrated by Adam Hughes. The Krampus is a terrifying new threat to add to your adventures into the Hellboy the Board Game. So it's going to be, it's a very cool thing. I think especially those out there that have the board game and are able to buy, you know, you, you wealthy people that are able to buy all those expansions, which yeah. I could, I mean, we haven't even had time to play it more, yeah. unfortunately. I've, I want it, but I'm also like, when would we do? Yeah. And like, hopefully down the line, we'll, we'll, we'll play it more. And yeah. Hopefully we can get expansions, but we'll see if we can for get all it. you out there that have the funds right now, you should go out and get this. It's cool. It's very cool. It looks great. It's like 50 bucks. Or 45 bucks. 45. There you go. 45. Not that much. There's a limited Krampus and Nimue bundle for $50. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Somebody go out there and grab that. Yeah. (laughs) Get that. You should own it. It's cool. (laughs) The next thing we're going to cover in Hell to Pay, something that none of us can buy, but it was fun news to hear that. Uh, This this is coming from bleedingcool.com. Mike Mignola's first Hellboy from 1991 sells for $5,000 on eBay. Wow. More so, I think the images are cool if you go to this link or if you just search for Bleeding Cool and then this um, headline. It says, in 1991, Mike Mignola attended the Great Salt Lake Comic Convention 
and a short biography appeared of him in the convention booklet. So they have these cool images of this original 1991 booklet. That's awesome. I love, I love the booklet. I love how simple it is. And it's so early Comic-Con because now everything like has ads and it's over. Yeah. It's art. It's like the quality. This is just like. It's like a zine. Yes, exactly. But it shows that first image of Mike Mignola's Hellboy drawn. It has a little bio for him. So cool. (laughs) And it says this was the first published Hellboy drawing, which we've all seen. Something that would be redesigned and reshaped in the character that would launch the Legends line from Dark Horse Comics and lead to cartoons, games, and three major movies, of course. But it just sold on eBay for 5000 a compi with a chunk taken out of the cover as a little... Damn. Thing, a big chunk out of the bottom of the cover, but still sold they for 5000 so rare. And then it has some other images where it shows like another early Mignola with a crazy character behind him. I don't know that character. Yeah. Lightning bolt glasses. It's like Lobo's friend or something. <laughs> yeah, that's it's what it like looks like. It's like very spacey, but also big, beefy with like hairy chest and forearms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's interesting that in that early design, he had four horns, which I think I don't yeah. know if we ever discussed or not, but he has two complete horns and then two that are sawed off. And this big honking nose and stuff like that. It's <laughs> yeah. so funny. It's so not what we know of Hellboy. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> but it's I think that's pretty extraordinary and insane that it's sold for 5000 Yeah. One little booklet. I mean, there must just be so few left. Like if that, oh, if one sure. that was like really damaged still sold for that much money. Yeah, so right? They just must not exist. Yeah, you're, I think you're 100% They're like little right. booklets. Like people probably were like, bye. And at the time, probably a lot of people didn't think much of it. Yeah. You know, they're just like, oh, cool. But like. Yeah. If I had that, I would love it. I would cherish it. That'd be cool. To have that original drawing. Open like, it with gloves on. Oh, yeah. It would, or it would never get opened again. No. I'm finding now that I like, with my collecting Marvel, especially because they're digital, they have like a digital copy. Yeah. That I'll, after I read the first time a Marvel book, I'll download the digital and put it into my gallery, like my library. So if I want to read it again later. You just look through it. You could probably But like I just find pack them so away and like, I plan to never open them again sometimes. Yeah, right. <laughs> Until your kids need to retire. Yes. Yes. Hopefully everything I bought is worth something. Yeah. I won't have kids. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> that stuff's just going to. I don't know. I'll give it. Hopefully somebody will get some money out of them. <laughs> But that's it for uh, this segment, the last segment for season three of Hell to Pay. That's awesome. <laughs> but our next segment, um, which almost is going to be our closing segment out for this season. Yeah. We didn't think it was going to come back. We thought last episode uh, was the final one, but we got one more in. One more quick email. So we got a quick, oh. we got a quick segment for you of oh boy email. email. <laughs> uh, I'm going to let Kate take over from here to read this email from our friend uh, Joshua Brooke. It's very nice. Dear Mark and Kate, once again, thanks for answering my questions on the show. Thanks for asking them. They're always really cool. And yeah, we love those about. questions. Um, that keeps our podca- podcast afloat and fresh. It keeps it fresh and good. It reminds <laughs> me of like Zob Mondo. You ever play that? Where it's like, would you rather? That, I mean, oh, that's like yeah. weird do you rather things, but like hypothetical questions that are just like fun. I love hypothetical right, questions. There's no like answer. Especially in the paranormal sense, hypothetical questions yeah, like, do aliens like- exist? Where do you think they come from? When yeah. will we, have we done this? What are ghosts? If they're not, if they're what not are spirits, they, what are they? You know? <laughs> they're magnetic fields. Ooh. Huh? So we're just dying every time, every time you see a ghost, you're getting sort of poisoned by like, yeah, like a magnetic field yeah, or some so, sort of radiation, low radiation. The iron in your blood. Great. <laughs> and these are facts. 
<laughs> okay, so he, he continues. I was sorry to hear about the cancellation of your live show, and I hope you get the chance to do another one soon. No questions for you this time. Just paying holiday well wishes to you both and the other agents, Hellcasters, Grappers. <laughs> At the time of writing this on October 30th, so here goes. October 31st, happy Halloween. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> November 5th, happy bonfire slash Guy Fox night in the UK. If you're not Ooh. familiar with this quirky UK holiday, may I suggest a quick Google its history is quite interesting, and it has loose ties to the comics V for Vendetta, and its main character V's look was inspired by Guy Fox, whose mask has since inspired other freedom fighters slash protesters. Oh, that's cool. I'm going to yeah. have to look that up. Because my dad, when I saw V for Vendetta in the movie theater, my dad knew a lot about the history of like, um, don't forget November or whatever. Remember, that. remember the remember, 5th of November. November. My yeah. dad knew a lot about that, and I was like, dumb. Like, I wrote the comic, but I don't even really know <laughs> yeah, what it is. Yeah, what? But my dad was Dads very love V for Vendetta, dude. <laughs> Jessica's <laughs> dad loves V for Vendetta. If it's on TV, he'll watch it, like, no matter what. <laughs> wow. He loves good, that movie. Good to know dads love it. <laughs> yeah, dads love it. So I guess Guy Fox did inspire freedom of speech in a very roundabout way. November 28th, happy Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for your podcast. Thank you. Yeah. We're thankful for you. December 24th, Merry Christmas. I hope you get all the presents you asked for. December 31st, happy new year. Mumble, 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 old lang sign. <laughs> oh, old lang sign. Wait, uh, can't wait for you guys to start season four. Looking forward to every episode already. All the best, Josh. Thanks, Josh. What a great email to end on. That's like, nice. That makes us already... I, I think I'm speaking for Kate correctly. That makes us already excited for when we get to return. Yeah, it's very make season cool. four as well. I really appreciate you guys listening at all, let alone writing in and like interacting with it. Yeah, with the show, it's cool. It is so cool. Yeah, we we're we're more grateful for you guys than you know. But that's it. Then you could ever know. You could ever know. We really need you. <laughs> please don't stop listening. Yeah, oh please. my god. And please rate us. Rate and review. Review us. Uh, tell your <laughs> friends about us. But that said, um, we are, this is the final episode, official episode of season four. Um, or excuse me, final episode of season three. <laughs> we will be back for season four uh, in um, January, probably end January, beginning of February. Yeah. I don't have an official date for you yet, but you know, we will definitely give you guys a, a heads up when that's coming. Yeah. Um, but during the hiatus, feel free, please. Still, feel free to try to interact with us via following us on Instagram at Ah Crap a Hellboy Podcast, yeah. Twitter Ah Crap Hellboy, as well as you can email us still during while the episodes, new episodes are coming out during the holidays. Still, still feel free to email us at Ah Crap a Hellboy Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. We'll try our best to just get on top of those as quickly as possible, let you know that we are reading them. And then when we get into the season four, you know, we'll cover them. Yeah. We'll have like a we'll we'll probably have have email a episode. <laughs> yeah, we probably will. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. We hope all of you out there, listeners, during the hiatus, you enjoy your um, holiday season and new year. And then we'll join you again in 2020. Yeah. Anything else, Kate? We love you. <laughs> That's it. That's how we're ending it. That's it. Uh, thank you for listening. Yeah, we love you. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> <laughs>
Guests include Jackson Brown, Inara George, Kate Micucci, and the conversations aren't about these songs specifically. The songs just serve as sort of a topical springboard that hopefully will lend a little context to this new album of mine. Sort of like a modern day version of Liner Notes, only much more personal. The podcast and the album are both called This Is Who We Are. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts.